You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 278, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy listeners just like you. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Such a sexy, sexy, pretty little thing. This table bitch, you got me sprung with your tongue ring. And I ain't gonna lie, cause your loving gets me high. So to keep you by my side, there's nothing that I won't try. Butterflies in the eyes and the looks to kill. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 278. My name's Paul, and I'm here with Josh. Hello. And Ryan. Also, hello. Connor and Ron are away at WonderCon in San Francisco. Um, so it's, it's going to be us. Next uh, week, theoretically, the, 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 the three of us will be back. The boys are back in town. Yeah, theoretically. I, I don't know. What could happen? Anything could happen in San Francisco. It's that kind of place. Chaos theory. Um, yeah. At ifanboy.com, we like comics and we read comics. And every week we read a bunch of comics. And then one of the guys picks the best and writes about it on the website. And then we talk about it on this year's podcast, along with various other topics of interest. Uh, before we get to the show, a quick reminder, warning, this is a review show, and we will be talking about the things that happened in this week's books. And that's, uh, that's pretty important this week because we're talking about The Walking Dead. Uh, so spoilers ahead. Uh, be careful. I don't know how, how far you're going to go with this, Josh. But this week, Josh had the pick, and he chose The Walking Dead. Number 83, that, that's correct. And really, that's spoiler warning because The Walking Dead gets consumed in a lot of ways. Uh, now here's my thought. If you're, if you're watching the TV show but not reading the book, I wouldn't worry about it. I would just listen on. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. at the same time, if you're not reading the book but you are watching the TV show, go read the book and then stop listening. Anyway, avail yourself of, of the show notes and they'll tell you exactly yeah. when you can come back in. You might miss something very entertaining. I can't help you. Walking Dead's kind of like a Reese's Cup. There's a, just a million different ways to do it yes that the, it, it, there is and they're all delicious mm-hmm. and, and who'd have thought it would have worked that's the other thing let's uh, uh get get right on with it um i i thought that walking dead had been a pick of the week in the past uh but i couldn't find it so i don't believe it actually was i think that uh number 75 last summer um was was close if i had had the pick that week that would have been it that was the one where they had the fake ending where uh rick wakes up and, and ryan otley drew that part in, in color and there's all aliens everywhere that's the <laughs> ufo wait that's in. not in continuity i well it you know it could, he said it wasn't but i don't i think it easily bring it back in i'm gonna go with connor's modus operandi of you make your own continuity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're all in the matrix as far as i'm concerned well, by the way since i don't i don't know if it was properly just ryan uh uh is a writer on the site uh as is paul uh on ifanboy.com part of our part of our little family so if this is your first show that's who those people are and ron and Connor. i'm not normal we're, we're well, sorry <laughs> you're not i can tell um i i i read this book and one of the first books that i read and i was like I don't know if anything's going to beat that because every once in a while a book comes along that gives you a visceral reaction and and this was one of them. Uh, there's been a couple of points in the Walking Dead story where where they really surprise the reader and uh, and and you know 83 issues in you really get a feeling that nobody's safe. You know anything could happen, anybody could be killed, anything could change. But there are certain constants that that like Rick, the main character, you think, well, he's gonna be he's gonna be fine. Like he got his hand cut off, but you know, you know, and that was like a minor whoa, but not not to the extent of of well, back in issue forty eight, that's the one that everybody talks about. Um, 
where and I am going to try to skip around a little because if you've read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, you won't. Uh, but in issue 48, uh, a couple of characters got killed that you really didn't expect to get killed, especially one of them. This is like Mad Libs. Yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> but, but again, like, if, if you've read the series, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, there's right. no, there's no mistaking what I'm talking about right now because it was a moment that you're like, that's I've, wow, I've never seen that happen. Um, as far as like, you know, just like some characters feel like they're safe no matter what happens. Um, and The Walking Dead, what I think that it did was it lulled us into a sense of of false security again because there, you know. There's only so many, it feels like there's only so many things you can do. They were all in a prison at one point, and they're like, now we're going to be safe in the prison. And of course, that means that it's going to get overrun by zombies. Uh, and, and in this, you know, they found a little community of people who brought them in. And, and since we saw the first solicits for this event, this No Way Out uh, event, had nothing to do with Sean Young, by the way, uh, <laughs> for really old people listening. We knew that the place was going to get overrun, and there would be, in fact, you know, unless the advertising was false, No Way Out. Um, and it felt a little like, oh, we, we've been here before. That's that's fine. You know, it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. Some of these characters could die, whatever. And while they were in this community, Rick formed a relationship with uh, with a female character, and and they were they were intimate. And it was the first time that that Rick had, had done anything since he um, since the thing happened in issue forty eight. I've already blown it. Um, <laughs> um, made it with a zombie and I, I feel like I have to explain this because they're, all the zombies are coming in Rick's like we gotta make a break for it so he takes his new girlfriend and he, he runs out and the little then the girlfriend's little boy starts to get eaten and so she freaks out and she won't let go of Rick's son's hand because she's freaking out because her boy got eaten and Rick's like gotta leave him it's too late let's go and she, you know, she can't do that so Rick hacks her hand off with an axe and Rick had just explained that he would do anything to protect his son. Yes, and that was important. Like, and a little before that, like they covered themselves in guts uh, to camouflage themselves, zombie guts, like they did in the TV show. And I remember, I remember reading and thinking, "Oh, come on, you already did that." And then they and even I really said, like that analysis because in your when I, I read your uh, pick of the week review, and you talk about how that, I mean, it's not exactly a fake out, but it's kind of a roll your eyes moment like oh, okay fine that's you know he's trying this trick again and yeah. it definitely puts you off from what's about to happen and they re- I, th- I i have to think that that's on purpose because they even mention it he's like we did this before it worked and i was like i don't even remember if they did it before i knew they did in the show and um and then, but the thing is him hacking that woman's hand off with the axe that he happened to have yeah that's not even what i'm talking about that's no, not. That, that's a harsh enough scene. It I mean, is. Just, it would have been fine. I would have gotten to the issue, and I would have been like, "That was a damn good issue." Just from that. But there mm-hmm. was another thing that happened after that, which is what happens when scared people shoot guns wildly. Um, and I'm going to leave it at that. But I will say that I gasped, and I was like, "Okay, you you surprised me. You you know, like the story did." What it was supposed to do, and and it's amazing that that 83 issues in of just these roaming walking dead going after them you can still feel that like that clenching that that sort of uh i mean su- was this probably a better word for surprise but it really i just did not expect what happened happened and uh, and i i was impressed by the choices made uh and they seemed like natural choices like they they had to happen they had to go there in that sort of hyper reality of this book um which and, is and it, which is really impressive since it's been going on this long that you're yeah. still capable of of feeling surprise, and it's and if and it feels organic as you said that's, that's yeah that's really impressive at eighty some issues. 
No, it, like none of the energy from this book has has been let out. None of the like every every issue is is a damn good time. You know, it's never less than a, a four star book. It's usually yeah, I don't know if I'd say a book. good time. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like in that that sort of high stakes entertainment that you're looking for that that you know that sort of horror movie feeling that suspensefulness. Right. But this one was like above and beyond. And I think that if you look on ifanboy.com, like it's been hovering at around fifty percent pick of the week for the community. So that's you know, and it, you know that's pretty good. That usually means that that there's something to it, um, you know. And it's like averaging like a four point eight. People really, people who read this book, this was this was their thing this week, pretty much across the board. Like it was just that well done and that surprising and interesting. So uh, there was there was not really a lot of choice to it. And I have to say, you know, there were there were many other very good books this week. Uh, many books that could have been pick of the week. So this um, wasn't just a, a political decision to advertise the the zombie pub crawl that we've got going on in San Francisco. Don't think that that didn't cross my mind after <laughs> after the fact. I was like, oh, but I never get accused of that. And I, that's the first, I always accuse myself of it first. I was like, people are going to think we're just we're just hacking it. But it it really wasn't. I think that you can see by by the reaction from everybody else. I mean, Ryan, were you 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 in, you on board with that? Yeah, I mean, the theme this week is just going to be Ryan is sad reading comics because just, I mean, it, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring back a trope from uh, the older days of the show. And I'm just going to say stuff happens this mm-hmm. week in all of the comics. But Walking Dead stuff happened the mostest. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to use grammar anymore. Either. No, we're it's, done it's with late. It. Um, and I want I want to also, you know, Charlie Adlard is sort of the unsung hero of The Walking Dead. He's been doing it since issue issue seven, I think. It, every issue is him. He doesn't take a break. He has no superhero costumes to rely on. He has no color to rely on. And uh, they come out like clockwork. I think this one came out in, in less than a month. Um, so it's, it's very important. And he, he, he does a very good job. He, he, the, he knows these characters so well, and he can draw the emotion on. You know, other stuff happened to other characters, too. Like, you know, Andrea is off trapped somewhere, and a, and a whole thing went down there. And... Uh, uh, Michonne had a really nice scene in this one. It wasn't even just the things I'm talking about. It was overall, like, there was a lot of stuff in the issue that was very good uh, and a bunch of stuff coming to a head. And it's like, where are you going to go after this? But I kind of know it'll be okay. It's never that okay. I mean, that the. You the, keep saying that it's good and happy and exciting and okay. It's not, Josh. Everything no, is okay. I mean, in the sense of a satisfying read. Like, the title is. Oh, going yeah. To it's okay. very satisfying. It's meaty. Yeah. And not just because they're pieces of meat. Mm hmm. Ooh. All over the place. Yeah. Putrefying yeah. walking dead meat. Yeah. Uh, no less. So that was sort of a, that was, that was a gimme that, that pick. Like I read it and I was, I, I could, I could probably write this right now, but I'm going to read through the rest of my books just to make sure. Um, and, and I could, I should have just written it to start because I knew I was done right then. So moving on, there were definitely, I, I would say that if, if, if it wasn't walking dead, my, my next uh, choice would have been detective comics, eight seventy five. Sure, because, you know, if you can't have zombies, why not just have a remorse of psychopath? Child killers. You broke my heart this week, Josh. With the yeah. books you made me read. Sorry. I would have read them you... all anyway, but I'm going to okay. blame you. That's fine. Uh, the, thing that, the thing that struck me was that, you know, we've been talking about Francesco Francavilla for, for a while, via, uh, and, and watching him come along and, and get better. And I think this has got to be the best printed work I've seen from him yet. Yeah. Uh, def- um, there, there's some amazing double page spreads in here. Um, the layouts are just crazy. And does he do his coloring as well? 
Yes, he does. He does the whole thing because there's the the color in here is is insane too. I mean, there's like pages that are like orange and pink and um it's gorgeous and um we hear a lot of artists and writers on twitter and especially lately um people talking about how cool commissioner gordon is and how much they want to work on this character and it's sort of like batman is a means towards the end to get to work on a commissioner gordon story and Which that's what, fine. And that's what this uh, issue of detective comics is all about and we're learning about james jr the troubled uh, son of Commissioner Gordon, and uh, we get to find a, about a little bit more about his past because in the in the past, I mean, in in Snyder's arc so far, even in the beginning issues with Jock, um, we heard a lot about James Junior's back in town. Barbara doesn't want anything to do with him. Um, you know, Commissioner Gordon is like he gets like a, a you know a chill up his spine just to hear his name mm. and uh, this really creepy young man comes in and we know that he did something messed up and um here it gets the, it's it's even um more complicated than that because there's certain things that he was accused of that he might not have done um and it's all parallels with a story of of uh Mr. Gordon uh, modern times um tracking down this Peter Pan killer uh that was uh played a major role in his early career uh, when he was, you know, just like a beat detective. And uh, it's just a, a crazily great written sort of crime story. Um, it really is a wonderful, like, structurally, I was very impressed by it, sort of going back and forth. And Rucka actually did a little bit of this in his arc with uh, Jock. Uh, they did this a little bit. And this was really well, this was just as well done in here. I think the thing that let me know that I was actually reading something special here was that a couple of times... I felt like I was reading an extension of Batman Year One. I felt yeah, like I, I, felt that I, too. I felt like I was looking at Dave Mazzucchelli's work. And I, I mean, that's that's half the reason I was able to keep track of the characters mm-hmm. um, is because it felt like such a clean homage to the same style and, and sensibilities mm-hmm. that we came to love in Year One. And it's still Francovia's art, like obviously, but. There were times where I totally lost myself in the idea that I was looking at at, at uh, continuing Mazzucchelli art. I, I and I I was trying to reconcile that in my head, and as I got to the end of it, and I was just, this is that was wow, that was some piece of work. And I, I mean, I I think he gets he gets art honors for the week as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um. And and this is from a guy who you know Jock is is the other artist on this book, and and he's my favorite artist. So, you know, it, it was definitely something special. This this is not an also ran, you know. This is not just like a fill-in artist. This is just like equally as special in just a totally different way. Yeah, and Batman only shows up on one page in this. Um, yeah. So it's, is, you know, it's 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 going back to some, you know, some of our favorite Batman related stories don't have a lot of Batman in them. Yeah. And you know, and you know Bruce Wayne isn't in it at all. This is Dick mm-hmm. Grayson Batman and um I wrote. I was going to write a review of the the previous issue, uh, you know, whenever that came out, and instead I ended up writing sort of a you know like a love letter to the the run so far, mm-hmm. because I just I think it's I think it's so well done, and you know that these threads um, from this arc you know started in that that first arc as well, and um, it's just it's uh, he's putting together a really good. I mean, all three of them, Snyder, Francovia, and Jock, are, are putting together just a really great Batman run. Um, and uh, I think it's gonna it's gonna go down as, as something really special. I, I I I do hope that the that the sales back that up. I mean, it's one of those things where well, people like, well, Batman is not it. I'm not gonna get it. Like, and we've seen that. We've seen that with Gotham Central or with other things, which is which is kind of a shame because. Uh, right. But I don't know. I don't know that that's the case. I'm speculating based on 
past um, things that have happened. But either way, if, if if you've been on the fence at all, I mean, this is this is if you really like that sort of Batman Year One uh, story, you know, these are these are not to be missed. It's like, I'm I'm loving it. It's like a progression that you know we shouldn't. I don't want to say like shouldn't be allowed to have, but mm-hmm. it's this it's the part of the story that we were never supposed to get to. We were always supposed <clears> to be running in place before we get to Dick Grayson becoming Batman, mm-hmm. and you know, and and just. Uh, Bringing up the you know the James story, he's just a little kid in Batman Year One. I'm just like sort of a background character, but bringing him into the fold, and I think he's been used before in some things. But um, I'm not even sure. But it's one of those it's one of those magical things that that people can do in comics is that they can look back over the you know 40, 50, 60, 70 years of a character, you know, and and find that one thing that that was left behind yeah. and turn mm-hmm. it into something. It just feels like you, you you read these these progressions of these characters and you just feel like, of course. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it makes sense. And it's, it's something that you're like, why didn't anyone ever do this before? Oh, here's the thing uh, that I wish, kind of wish Connor was here, but if, if you guys noticed it, Barbara refers to uh, James as her stepbrother, mm-hmm. right. but he would actually be her half brother. I think. Wait, um, I thought Barbara was, is Barbara really Jim Gordon's daughter? Is she not? I think I th- she's n- like technically his niece or something. Really? There you go. It goes back and forth. We need somebody to come in and say for certain right now what is the relationship because yeah. yeah. It's it's not as if that that will happen in the comment thread for this show. <laughs> I don't I don't think. I bet it will. Um so as as this uh Snyder thing is is it still sort of feels like it's the beginning of that. There is the end of another book. Uh, Jack of Fables hit number issue number fifty. By the way, Jack of Fables went for fifty issues. People, that's that's kind of impressive on its own. That is and, very impressive. Uh, it's the last. It's the last issue, and uh, and uh, well, Jack is wearing Brian Bolland designed uh, dad jeans on the back. <laughs> of the <laughs> side. Yeah, we're gonna, can we ignore that? Like yeah. I don't. I mean, I, so- I, I, it was like that is a that is a poorly fitting pair of jeans, Jack. It's. Uh, I mean, I think they're they're doing. It's a there's a symmetry, right? Mm-hmm. That was the first cover, and now they're yeah. referencing it again in the last cover. Dude, dude rocks a what is almost a mullet. So who am I to say? He's uh, the lovable rogue. A rogue would have a mullet. So this issue is the 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 culmination of everything that's been happening for well the entire run really, but the last sort of I don't want to say like the last ten issues or so, and it was it basically this one page splashes and two page splashes all over and over through it. It's sort of all action as all the characters come together to fight Jack, who has become a dragon for some reason. Um, yeah. Don't start with this issue. No, no, definitely. <laughs> That'll be a really bad. Away slowly. Uh, and everyone gets killed. Shakespearean <laughs> ending. I mean, they've been, it's, it's not that they haven't been projecting this yeah. for several issues. Now they've been saying the Shakespearean ending is coming. Mm-hmm. Which that a Shakespearean ending usually only means one thing that mm-hmm. everybody dies. Yeah. I don't think Babe died. Babe the Blue Ox. No. But he was also kind of existing between the panels for a long time now. So someone has to survive to tell the story. And and if anyone is gonna survive to tell the story of Jack, it should be Babe, because the man is or the, the ox is a born storyteller as every issue. But he's not to be believed, is the thing. Well, he's an unreliable narrator, as is Jack, so it really kind of fits. I, I got to say, I really enjoyed this, but I'm a little upset that I feel like all this great stuff was built, and then it's not going to be used now. 
I I agree. Like as much as I enjoyed this and wanted to give a slow clap to Sturgis and Willingham and everyone else involved in this, I was also kind of like, but what? Like you don't you didn't want to leave the door even cracked open? For, yeah. For more, I, I mean, mean they're, like, they're yeah. all immortal characters, so I guess it you know it kind of could be you could use them. You could also go back and tell stories. I'm unnaturally attracted to the Page Sisters. Is that weird? Weird to say? No, it's not unnatural at all. That's okay. normal, and you're just a you're just a red blooded American man. I was well. There's like, an entire scene where they're just changing. Yeah, like they're, they're having dialogue, but the entire time they're having dialogue, they're undressing and redressing in different into different costumes. Well, it's true. That's you know, and she has little glasses. They all have glasses. They do. They do. Blonde hair. And so your guy play who likes with paper dolls as as children. Um, define play with. <laughs> paper cuts. We're moving on. Um, <laughs> You know, it was like a big fun issue, but like I, I, you know, it was a little, little. I, I wish, you know, that was kind of. I want more out of yeah. it. I feel like I feel like it was kind of a waste to just kill everybody. Was this the but natural I, ending, or was the book canceled? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I could see it going either way. Fifty issues is is no small thing, but I, I mean, as a spinoff of a book, like it had every, it should have been a failure. It shouldn't yeah. have worked, and it, and it wasn't. It it was its own thing. It was different. It fit in with the other thing, but you could you could read Jack of Fables on its own. Um, is really s- s- sort of a, an anomaly in that way, like the spinoff that really works. Um, but I, I don't know what the story is, but it's it's over now. So lots of really clever stuff in it. I it, it's been fun. There's been times where I almost enjoyed this more than the regular Fables book. But. I mean, it's yeah, it cut it cuts loose. Uh, more often, it doesn't. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. No, <laughs> well, and I and I didn't get sick of it. I, I even when times people, you know, there was people who were getting sick of it. But I like, I liked it when they switched gears and went with the Jack Frost story. I thought, ja- I thought Jack as a dragon was really funny. But yeah, I, you know, well, but, and like this, this final issue wouldn't have worked if you hadn't given Jack Frost his time to be built mm-hmm. as a character. That's true. And like, so okay, I have one. I have one last thing to ask you personally, Josh, about. Yeah. Uh, the issue before we move on but wicked john supposed to be drawn like alan moore <laughs> maybe like crazy man living on the sidelines and who just runs in at the last second to say that everything is messed up like i am i the only one seeing parallels here i don't know went crazy yeah. i don't think he started out like that no he didn't but then he got chained to a rock in the grand canyon and his hair got wild and crazy and it just happened to be very reminiscent of uh a wizard from Bristol. I don't sort know. Of a, it's sort of a reverse transmetropolitan. Yeah. It, yeah. No, I mean, he looked like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I read, you know, I've been reading Jack of Fables and it's like, huh, look at John kind of looks like spider Jerusalem in issue one. Spider Jerusalem was drawn to look like Alan Moore. So is look at John. That's, being as, that's, that's good. Cute. That's good. That's good looking out. I don't yeah, know. It's the, it's the communicative property of character design. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big issue this week was butcher Baker, the righteous maker. Uh, number one from Joe Casey and uh, Mike Huddleston. This is out of Image Comics, and Joe Casey does comics that he wants to do now. That's pretty much all. I want to do this comic. I'm going to, and I've I've got to say, if there was if there was anything that was like sprung forth from the mind <laughs> of a man who wanted to do this is this this represents some sort of psycho ego id comic book manifestation of, of 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 his life's work to be completely honest with you this was what i needed after walking dead 83 
Like <laughs> I read Walking Dead 83 and I was I was just bummed out. And then like I tried to start reading detective comics and I'm like, man, this is bumming me out too. What is Butcher Baker? All I know is got a banana thong on the front cover. Let's start flipping. Oh my god, this is what I need. You don't want to read this one on the bus, kids, is what I'm saying. I, I, had, to, I had to go behind two sets of curtains to get this book. <laughs> Did you? No, I didn't. Oh, I was like, you're in one of those shops. No. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing, and I, and I, I when I when I heard about this, I I really was expecting something more out there because it was like it was described as it's insane. It was all those teasers, and it was going to be crazy. And then when I started reading it, I was surprised that it was not as it it wasn't. It wasn't nearly as sort of strange and and uh, just out there as as I as expected it to be. Can you pitch um, it? Yeah, uh, Butcher Baker is a superhero who had gone into retirement uh, and and it, where he where he went on to live his life of debauchery until he's called back because his country needs him again. He's, I mean, well, he was a he was a patriotic super soldier, yeah. bro, who's gone into gone into a, a sex and alcohol fueled retirement. It yeah. sort of reminded me of the comedian. Yeah, he's. I mean, I I see that parallel, uh, except there's there is something well, the, different. Well, the the butcher baker actually, I think, is a good guy. Like he's 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 debauched and he's uh, he's into all that, but he's not going to be. He he's not he's not running his own game necessarily. Mm-hmm. I guess like he's 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 like if if uh, Edward Blake followed the rules, mm. I guess. You know, there's nothing wrong with well, there is something wrong with coke. I guess that's illegal. He does but use condoms. That's that's good. <laughs> it's true that you is see made the wrappers. So. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. He is responsible in some way. Apparently, he does not have such a super um, immune system. Uh, but you know, in the middle of it, there's a there's a basically what is a 1970s Burt Reynolds car chase. Yeah, that threw me for a loop. I just and I love that. It's gorgeous. That's the thing. And it looks like it sits on like newsprint and there's all this mm-hmm. dot pitch on it. And the style is just totally like off the wall. Great. The, the the production sort of shifts and goes in and out. But those those pages where it's clearly just marker and ink and like a little bit of color here and there. You can see like pencil on there too. Oh, I, 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 was, I was really loving that stuff. And it sort of goes in between. You know, Huddleston does all of the, all the artwork himself. So... You know, some of it is going to look more more refined than others when it needs to. But I mean, have you seen a comic book that looks like this? I mean, no. that last page, I wasn't even sure I was still reading the same comic mm-hmm. in a good way. Because when I realized I was still reading the same comic, I'm like, oh, this is this is something special. Yeah, and so there's all this stuff. Like, I I just think that like there's a lot of ways to look at this book. The first way to look at it is to be like, hey, look, there's tits and ass and pussy everywhere. What? I and that's, that. I mean, like, literally, when you, when you start reading it, that's the first thing you're going to notice. There's no way that it isn't. And I don't mean, like, they're hinting at it. I mean, it's there. Mm-hmm. And that's meant to do something. You know, at first, you're just like, oh, this is, this is just exploitative. But I, I, there's, there's something else going on. And I think we'll see it as it goes on more. Because I just know that, that, you know, Casey's work isn't that one-dimensional. Like yeah, there's some it's, there's, it's very there's smartly double. written. It's I mean some of it's going over my head and it's and it's very diatribe-y, But mm-hmm. um, I, I I I mean I look at it. it I, I just think it's it's gorgeous and I want to follow it for that reason um, because they're doing something really special with the 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 way the book is laid out and the, these textures and how it goes from being it's not just newsprint every panel. It's like some panels are that and 
Um, well, a, all those car chase ones, which sort of evoke like an older movie to me. Those, mm-hmm. yes. Each scene has its own texture, almost. Mm-hmm. Each setting. And I mean, I've read a lot of Joe Casey comics, um, and this was very obviously a Joe Casey comic, but <laughs> but at the same time, it was unlike anything I'd read from Joe Casey before, mm-hmm. which is cool. I mean, it's not something you often get. Um, it's, this, is, this is totally different than Four Eyes. Yeah. That was a joke. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's just, you, you know there's more to this than what you're seeing, but also what you're seeing is kind of all there is. Like, it's, it's both things. It, it, it exists in two worlds, which, which is sort of a thing that, that he can do that a lot of other writers how, don't. How much would he make fun of us for even trying to analyze it this, this deeply? He is doing it right now. Like, as he's <laughs> listening to this right now, that's happening. He um, just stopped listening because you said he was listening. But it's, but it's worth... He'd never admit he was listening. Uh, <laughs> but it's worth checking out. And it's hard to explain. And, and you know, it's worth sticking around for further. It's a, it is, but it's, it's if you're over 18. Yeah, definitely. It's difficult to define. If you're 16, I think you'd get away with it. But I never said that. Put it under your mattress. Yeah, that's fine. Um, crazy. Uh, crazy stuff, though. And, and something unique. And, and I hope people check it out and support it. Um, in a way that something else is, is sort of unique that people uh, should check out and, and support. Uh, Scarlet Number no. 5 uh, came out, which is um, Bendis' cre- He's got like 50 creator-owned titles at this point. Yeah. With Alex Maleev and, and, and the cop-killing main character. I felt like it took a little turn this time in a way that I liked. You weren't, you weren't feeling it the last time I remember. You talked about it on the show. It was, a, it was the previous issue or the one before that. I, I can see that. And it's, it's weird because it feels like it's sort of fallen out of the limelight a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and being every other month, it's kind of tough. But I agree with you. It, it takes a nice turn. And it's, you know, it was a little uncomfortable, the last issue, you know, given certain events going on in the country and, and you know, assassination attempts and stuff. And that gave it a different light, and and I think even you know Bendis even mentioned that saying it's it's sort of it's sort of difficult and, and weird timing. But uh, with this issue, I think what's really important is this that this is the end of an arc and the end of a chapter, and you finally see that like Scarlet is sort of in over her head, and she's that- become this icon. And what really makes this work is that last page where she's alone in this room. She's just survived this um, messed up sort of riot. That they were at a, at a sort of a rally, and the and the police threw like tear gas or something, mm-hmm. and it went awry, and um, she got knocked unconscious, and she wakes up in this room uh, filled with like political posters, and she's now the leader of like a huge sort of movement, but like but like cheesy political posters, oh, like yeah. the kind that the yes. college students have, like like where I went to like a, a school full of rich white people, and they were like, "We're so into Rage, Rage Against the Machine." I was like, "Tell me who Leonard Peltier is right now." Like I can't do that, <laughs> right? Uh, you know that that kind of iconography that that mm-hmm. you know doesn't really mean anything. Um, it's like people. It's like kids wearing like you know Che shirts. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, you know that it's it's uh, revolution and, and and politics made into pop culture. Um, so she's in the middle of that. That has nothing to do with this book, by the way. <laughs> that was, that was totally no, really not the, that's, that's one panel. And uh, but, you're right, though. You're not wrong. Uh, the, the other the thing that, that actually I liked that because it was the other side of Scarlet. And it's that, you know, the, you know, person in over their head thing, which is, right. I think, fairly indicative of adulthood pretty much in general. Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. What am I what am I supposed to do now? Uh, but when Detective Going, 
which is a weird name, it is. turned to talk <laughs> a weird to character. Yeah, turned to talk to us. That was actually when I grabbed onto this book. Really? Because that's when it almost lost me. Really? Well, I just I I have a I have a I don't like Scarlet. Well, my problem is when she did that, I'm like, wait a second, is Detective going Scarlet with a wig on? Like, no. No, I I mean, I got that eventually, but my first instinct was I thought Scarlet was the only one that could talk to us. Why is this person not talking to me? It it threw me for a loop in a way that she's talked to us before, I think, in the previous issue. But it threw me off then, too. And it's just been long enough since the last issue that I'm still like wasn't quite clear. Like it's 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 weird that there's there's more than one character breaking the fourth wall. Like it's it seems like there should only be one. I guess that's I mean, just because it's what you're used to, right? Well, maybe, and it's also maybe just the art isn't doing it for me terribly mm-hmm. much on this book. It's just a little too much photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. Um, and I think well, I think are, that's just what threw me with it. I think there are instances where it it really helps. Like I think it was like the second issue, and and there's like it's Scarlet confronting one of the crooked cops or something and she's she's on the like she's you know leaning against the counter and it's like a slow zoom in on her face and it's just very expressive and you know call it cheating if you want i don't know i i I, I think there's still artistry going on and oh i don't call it cheating i'm just saying it it, it at times it doesn't work for me and that's that's sure, nothing sure that's a personal thing it's not a slight i'm not saying anything yeah. about believe in his skill it's not it's not my favorite style i definitely go towards more cartoony or, or icony sort of stuff um but you get used to it, I guess. And there's, you know, he takes the pictures and everything, whatever. It's his own art style. It's no different than what Tony Harris does. Um, but really, like when, when the detective, like follow, her story is inter- more interesting to me. And I was like, I want to know what's happening with that because, you know, when, when the guy explains to her, the FBI guy explains to her what she did wrong. It's like, let me tell you when you screwed up, you know. Uh, and and I really like that. So uh, that 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 worked for me because you know, I, I've heard too much college kids talking revolutionary bs well i think it's the the world of the book is just really broadening and Mm -hmm. we're sort of realizing what we might have suspected with the first couple issues that scarlet is an unreliable narrator or not the most reliable narrator so it's the this the this whole thing just gets bigger and it's sort of snowballing and going out of control the way these things do it starts small and then it you know gets it involves more people are Mm -hmm. caught up in this whole thing and um, I think that's really cool, and I, I think it's sort of interesting that we sort of don't know where it's going. And I just I love the sort of the uncertainty of that sort of that last moment in this issue. So I'm excited for you know what's what's coming next. I I really enjoy it. Yeah. Did you guys I, read? Did you guys read the letters column? I don't have six hours. <laughs> no, I, I, I skim through it all the time. But but um, I, while I was also skimming through it, I noticed that a certain Benjamin Simpson got posted in the letters column. Of our of Benjamin Simpson of the of the of the I fanboy Simpsons. I know I know other I know of no other Benjamin Simpson. Yeah. Well, there might be other names like that, but that that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So, congrats to Ben if that was Ben. Well, there's uh, there's only like seven thousand of us reading comics, so there's you know, yeah, that's true. Odds <laughs> are on our true. side. Um, American Vampire number thirteen. This sort of there's been two arcs so far, but this really is the the, the big departure where they've they've shifted um, to World War Two. Um, and I could not be more tickled, um, as if Scott Snyder doesn't feel good about it, good enough about himself. Uh, this was uh, a good start. Yes, and um, it's the, the and the, you know we're getting not just one arc of American Vampire in World War II. We're getting that extra spinoff mm-hmm. with um, uh, John Murphy. Yeah, and uh, I think it's more of a Skinner Sweet story 
uh, whereas this follows Pearl and is it Hank? Or, Henry, or yeah. Henry, something, yeah. Um, yeah, so we get a little sort of a jump forward and um, Henry's getting older, Pearl isn't. And he feels like uh, he should be helping out with the war effort and uh, he's sort of too old and, and they sort of don't want him in, in the thick of things. But um, he gets this opportunity to go with sort of this uh, surly bunch of vampire hunters uh, on a special mission uh, to to get out a, a nest of vampires um, because he has special experience with that, living with, with one. Mm-hmm. And encountering some, and uh, goddamn, this is gorgeous. I, I gotta say that no, that that's absolutely true. Uh, Raphael Albuquerque, it's one of those things. Like every issue, you have to you have to just just admire it, and it's it's never disappointing, and it's always getting better. Uh, the, the the last page reveal of of that one character uh, with the short haircut, but the same look on, on the eyes was really. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's going to be really interesting because they're on the same side, mm-hmm. and and I I think that is really the, the big deal because you know you, you you Pearl and Henry are going to have this relationship. You're like, oh, they're going to they do have a perfect relationship, and and then the writer goes in and goes, no, no, there's there's <laughs> there's another layer here, and I, I thought that it would be very easy to go on and just say, no, there's they're star they're lovers, they'll always be together. That their love is undying, it's unconditional. But that's not the case, and I and that's a bold choice. That's a great choice that that made me that made me very happy. What a I, hell of a cover! I love the the motif in this book that the relationship is growing stale, and in order to save it, he has to go to war <laughs> <laughs> because he needs more excitement in his life. He needs more, you know, he needs a purpose. Um, and she says, "No, I, I think you should go." <laughs> and uh, that's a that there's a notion, you know, at the at the time is that people felt they had to go, which is not what we live in now that sense of duty i i think is something that he captured really well yeah, like to have her do it yeah her, you know her go and work as a nurse wow mm. um and i mean some great layouts in here and we get a hint at some of the war action to come it's it sort of starts with this this bookend thing where he's uh writing a letter to her and uh he's looking really gnarly <laughs> um but I just I keep coming back. It's so beautiful, and I'm looking at this page where they're they're in bed together, just waking up at dawn in Hawaii, and they got this great orange light cast over the page, and it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh speaking of beautiful, that's a bad segue. Um, <laughs> I fanboy is part of graphically uh, the the digital comics uh, site community, a uh, bunch of apps. I, 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 it's, it's, it's an all-encompassing thing. Uh, Graphically now has over 2,000 comics to download and read uh, pretty much on any device or any way that you wish to consume them, whether it's uh, on the application or on one of your mobile devices, Android or iOS or, or even just on the web. Uh, publishers across the board, so many publishers, Marvel, Archaea, Boom, Top Cow, Archie, Marcosia, uh, other stuff coming up that, that it, this, I mean, we're getting so many new stuff in like You've talked about how there's so many different things in comics, and and you can really sample a a very wide swath of them uh, with graphically. Um, you can check out, like I said, on on any kind of device you can find. Uh, so gra- go to graphically.com. You can find all the info that you need and, and a way to download your sort of reader of choice. Uh, it was we're running a, a thing now uh, to check out Marcosia. 
Marcosia is a uh, is a, a UK publisher, and they're really actually quite big in the UK, uh, but they're not as well known here. And if you download any Marcosia book uh, from now through May or, or through April, um, you can get a chance to win uh, every single uh, book that they have, which is something like 100, 130-something issues of all this different type of genre stuff that's on there, done by, done by people whose names you know. Uh, but just just a, di- a different company that you know about. So check that out. Go go download some book that you don't know about and try something new. Uh, Deadpool team up number eight eighty three. <laughs> that number doesn't seem right. I just that just occurred to me. By the way, I bought a Deadpool book. Yeah, you you uh you threw me for a curveball when I, that was in I, the script. I bought it because it was written by Scotty Young, Eisner Award winning artist. Uh, and and uh, I like Scotty. I like his work a lot. So I thought let's let's see what happens. Um, it's just a fun little, fun little romp. Uh, Deadpool needs money. He needs a job. He can't find one. He answers an ad uh, for uh, a Herald Wanted. <laughs> uh, he goes to work for Galactus for a while. He has a supercharged surfboard. Yep, with a with a big old Hemi engine on it. And and he and he, it's funny because I know that Scotty didn't draw this. Ramon Perez drew this, but it definitely captured sort of that flavor uh, that, that Scotty brings of that energy. Uh, right, the kinetic. And it was fun. Mania. Yeah, it, was, a, it was fun. You're you're not wrong. Yeah, it was it was like a fun little little silly issue. Lots of little Marvel jokes. Uh, it's the kind of thing like I can read for an issue. I don't I don't want a whole series of this, but uh, just a little bit here and there. And uh, it was it was good stuff. I mean, it was just basically uh, Deadpool annoys Gra- uh, Galactus <laughs> <laughs> by always being and always he, talking. He fires him. I feel yeah. like if you're if you're an artist and you're drawing <laughs> a script by Scotty Young, you're gonna want to up your game. Because I, of how I, great an artist he is. I got that feeling. <laughs> I definitely got that feeling. Um, over at Captain America, uh, number six sixteen. I'm I'm off this. I'm not. I almost got. I've almost gotten back on lots of times because it it was a favorite of mine. But but Paul, you you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I just I I'm not usually a Captain America reader. So I, I but I wanted to grab this because um, well I thought you might want to talk about it. <laughs> but um I it's I a great quit, anthology. It's a great anthology issue. And um, uh, it's it's sort of like you know those like Superman eighty page giant kind of deals, and you've got a bunch of little stories, um, much better than the most recent Superman eighty page giant. The, I mean, like the quality of the stories are just really up there. Um, great art in here. Um, there's a great Colin Bunn story uh, with art by Jason Latour, and it's it's amazing. We have a um, if you haven't picked it up, if you're on the fence because. You know, it is it is a five dollar book. Uh, we do have a preview uh, if you dig back on ifanboy.com, and you can see a lot of the different art styles. I know because I had to do all the thumbnails, but um, mm. there's a the the Jason Latour um, art is just mesmerizingly good. It's uh, mesmerizingly um, uh, big, bright oranges and yellows, and uh, uh, robots in a in an aim bunker underneath real America, and. Uh, there's a vampire Nazi story. There's a why? Why would there has to be? Yeah, there's a uh, like a Hitler uh, in modern day story where he's a like a recluse artist, and mm-hmm. um, the, there's a great scene which we covered in a, um, a best of the weekend panels where Steve is looking at an iPad with a picture of this guy on it, and he scribbles. Um, a Hitler mustache on the guy, <laughs> and shows it, and like, oh my god, it's Hitler. Um, so I guess yeah, so Steve has come so far from being a guy who didn't know what MySpace was. <laughs> exactly, that's great. So. And now he's got the he's got a sketch app, so that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm reading Incognito uh, to finish it up. I, I liked the second arc, but it, I I never liked Incognito as much as I did Criminal. Uh, 
and I or or uh, the the previous uh, sleeper. And I'm in the middle of this issue, and I'm like, I'm just reading sleeper. Yeah, yeah, I got that. It totally and, and not as good. And it like once I realized that this was just like a little branch of what sleeper was, and I was like, we're just we're just still traipsing through this right now and it really kind of kind of disappointed me but at the same time sean phillips is is still absolutely one of my favorite artists and he's he's doing he's doing wonderful work i just we're tr- we're treading over ground that has been well trod right the first so the first arc for incognito is more of the traditional pulp superhero mm-hmm. book with a lot of you know science elements thrown in there for good measure uh but yeah you're right this one just Seem to go back to he's undercover and and that's difficult and he's lost his way right who are it's, really the good guys and I was, yeah, it's I hard being under the covers I've read it and I and I read it done better by exactly the same people and nice and, cover though yeah no it's a beautiful beautiful book and it's not it's not even it's just not well done I just I've been there and done that just one criminal back but Josh there's a femme fatale yeah that's <laughs> and he has We're, sex with her. Were you aware he has yeah. sex with several yeah. different women? Yeah, but he has he has sex with the one who he's not supposed to. Yeah, Crazy. well, it's wrong. So uh, it's, di- it's different and it's wrong. Uh, proof endangered, which is the the second sort of volume of proof penultimate. Yes, uh, I just really like this issue. I, I, we we haven't talked about it a whole lot, and I think it's it's a book that was always under the radar, but now it's really under the radar, and and stuff happened in this issue. Uh, one of my favorite characters is no more. Yeah, more uh, of just the bringing me down this week, Josh. I know, I know. But then the chupacabra's like, "Where's my skin, boy?" Yeah, that was and, weird. And and that <laughs> wasn't that wasn't endearing. That Chup- was just chupacabra wants wants revenge, and I love that this chupacabra on their side. And like it, the, it was the villain from the very first arc, basically. Yeah. And, and now now the chupacabra. I don't want to say she because it's not really he or she, but it's dressed as an old yeah. lady. Yeah, it, oh, it's great. It's it was totally fun. It was a great issue. Great issue. It was a five star issue. It's one of the you know it was a a. Uh, a culmination of what they've been building, so it'll it'll be a lot of fun. I was gonna buy Godzilla, and then Paul was like, "Don't do that." I was really excited for this, and yes, you this were. sold out um, like crazy. It's all over all over the blogosphere. Um, Godzilla: Kingdom of Monsters uh, from IDW, written by Eric Powell and Tracy Marsh, pencils by Phil Hester. Um, major league disappointment for me. Um, it's a very. I felt it was a very sort of. Um, it was very slight. Like when I finished reading it. I, I just didn't feel like I got a nice, you know, chunk out of this. And what do you expect? Buildings get wrecked. Stomp, stomp. What up? There's Godzilla is much deeper than that. If you go you into, say what up? Really, huh? I might have. Josh just said what up. I'm I live in New York City. That. I could say All much. Right. Um, lots of negative space in the layouts. Um, there's it's a lot of those things where it's it's not broken up into boxes, and there's you know like multiple Godzillas on the page, but it's oh, very like- awkward looking. Like you, you know, you, it sort of looks like it's two Godzillas in one place instead of a progression of time. Um, so there were layout problems. It was just um, very paint by numbers. Godzilla being, you know, coming and attacking, you know, the city and um, people reacting and um, the whole joke throughout is they have a, you know, it's a it's a runner where uh, someone sees Godzilla and they say, "You have to be something in kidding me," um, and it's you know blurred out. Um, and it ends with uh, President Obama saying that very same thing. Um, it's just it's, uh dig a little deeper. I don't know. I just I wasn't very impressed. But there is an ad in here for Godzilla Gangsters and Goliaths um, written by Choose John Lehman with art by Alberto Ponticelli with covers by Jeff Darrow. 
Uh, wow. That mm. looks great. There's, wow. a, there's a picture. It's basically, it looks like Predators, um, where it's sort of like smugglers have crash landed or criminals have crash landed on Monster Island. And uh, there's Godzilla and King Ghidorah's in there and Rodan and Anguirus and all your favorites, plus alligators and pterodactyls. Um, that looks like the one to watch. That's coming out in June. That sounds so, like a heck of, heck of a heck of a creative any of these characters. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Olsen, one shot special. Nick Spencer, this is the the buzz book of the week. It is, and deservingly so. Um, this is uh, these were the Jimmy Olsen co features that were in the back of Action Comics. I don't know how far they got before that. You know, they dropped that, um, but they put them all in one big book. It is uh, six dollars. Um, and I feel that it's kind of worth it because it's, it's packed to the hilt. It's really funny. If you liked, uh, with, with a, an Amanda Connor cover, um, which is sort of a perfect stylistic choice because this is very much like power girl or Batgirl. If you like the, the, the funny Kate books out these days. Um, and I think Nick Spencer totally nailed it on this book. It's, it's really funny. The only thing is that there's those pop culture references that will make it feel a little bit dated, and I know that mm. that can bother people a bit. Um, you mean me? Yeah. Well, Connor <laughs> too. Um, no, but it's. Uh, I think it's it's really smartly written. Um, it's got, it's a great introduction to the DC universe for um, Chloe Sullivan from Smallville, and the art is uh, is just phenomenal. It's um, by R. B. Silva. Um, except for a couple of panels or a couple of, a couple of pages in the end of the issue um, where it's another artist trying to ape him and you can totally tell and it, um, you wish that he'd be able to do the whole thing. It feels like just like a, like a slim trade. Like I'm going to bag and board this and put this, you know, on my shelf with my trades. It's up there with like Jonah Hex number 50, cool. you know, like a really satisfying one shot. And that is what we think of all sorts of things, but we like to make sure that we get the user reviews in and figure out what some of the uh, the iFan base think of the books that they read. Uh, first up is Demon Boy with Action Comics number 899. Gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. Pick of the week percentage at the time of this recording is 0.04%. So that could give or take less than a uh, hundredth of a percentage. Uh, somebody liked it, though. Uh, Cornell wraps up Lex's quest for the Black Ring energy nicely with the confrontation between two of Superman's biggest villains, Lex and Brainiac. Cornell's depiction of Lex is amazing. Luther facing down a being that makes Superman tremble, laughs and jokes because he knows he has outmaneuvered Brainiac in every way this time. The fight between them is technical and amusing with a rather abrupt and rather abrupt end where Luther comes out on top, of course, by the way. Uh, what happens next, I won't spoil, but Luther finds out the secret behind his fears and it leads him right into Action 900, which I now cannot wait to read. Yeah, um, it's great. It's, it's it's a lot of one ups between Luthor and and Brainiac, and you think mm-hmm. Brainiac's had the or he thinks he's had the upper hand the entire time, but Luthor's like I I was aware of this the entire time, and it's he had all these like you know safeguards and everything, and uh, the ultimate betrayal of uh, of Lois Robot sort mm-hmm. of <laughs> she, she, she regretted it. Yeah, she did. You, she I, I believe that. That's the fun thing about Lex Luthor is that at any point you could be like he could be like yeah I know yeah. And, and you just you just buy it like he probably does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. I think I'm I think I think I'm just entranced by the magic of Paul Cornell. But I expected this to have an ending, now, which comic, just makes don't yeah. Know. No, it's eight ninety nine. I'm an idiot. I, yeah. I I admit that. But I was reading this and there was a cliffhanger at the end. I'm like, oh, come on. That's dude. a hell of a cliffhanger, by the way. Yeah, it is. That may be more right. so than when Lex became well, president. <laughs> Nine hundred looks crazy. Like yeah. Damon Lindelof, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank. Mm-hmm. Lots going on. 
Paul, tell us, tell us what Raycall thought. Sure. Kick-Ass 2, number 2, story, 2 out of 5, art, 3 out of 5, pick of the week percentage, zilch. I was super excited about this book when I read issue 1 back in November. I admit Millar's writing is a guilty pleasure. I'm a huge fan of Old Man Logan, Chosen, Superior, and I actually thought Nemesis was a fun read. But unfortunately, the timing of this issue took a lot away from it. With Volume 1 of Kick-Ass, the first few issues came out kind of regularly, then slowed down over the last few, but the early issues of the story allowed for me to get sucked in and compelled to want more from it. This volume has not quite sucked me in yet, and who knows when we will get the next issue. I just hope the rest of this series steps up a bit and gets interesting, because as of now, I'm just bored with it. Yeah, that's why I'm not buying it. (laughs) There you go. Um, if you want to make a pull list and uh, rate your books and write reviews, you can go to ifanboy.com slash comics. Every Monday afternoon, all the new books are uploaded. You can, you can make the list and you can, you can uh, print that out and, and access it at the comic shop on your, on your mobile device, for example. And then you come back through and rate the books and see what, uh, how it's stacked up. And then even write a review. Maybe your review can show up here. Um, so make sure you do that. It's a, it's a real fun feature on the site. Uh, next up, we have an email. And uh, Jay from Houston writes in and says, I've heard a lot of discussion about the dwindling comic book readership and the questions surrounding why, with the great press comics have had over the 10 years, readership isn't increasing. I haven't paid really close attention until recently, but I've noticed when I walk through the grocery store, drugstore, any gas station comics are no longer sold. Is this a regional thing? I live in Houston, Texas. Not sure if the retailers have gone on strike against comics. My big question is, does the lack of accessibility reflect the demand, or does the lack of demand reflect the accessibility? If I had needed to walk into a comic store to be introduced to comics, I probably never would have read comics. Um, yes, Jay. It's a snake eating its tail. Yeah, there's all sorts of reasons. Um, maybe find an Archie or something in the No, Archie you can store. find, and they sell a lot because of that. Um, but but com- one of the main things is that comics are only sold, only you know, distributed through Diamond. Uh, comic books issues themselves uh they cost a lot they're now they're new they're you know three four dollars a piece they're they're a boutique item they're non-returnable every other magazine that is returnable uh that's sort of how that that industry works so you know if a, a, a cvs buys a bunch of them they can they can send them back if they don't sell and then you know people don't read <laughs> to to find out more about this uh, this horrible problem watch the leonardo dicaprio film blood diamond no, but that's everywhere. I mean, uh, you can find them in Borders. Well, you could. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And oh. several of our listeners just walked into a plywood yeah. Bonk. door. Uh, yeah. No, it's... Uh, it sucks. And it's, I, I think it's, it's that it's so hard to find spinner racks. Uh-huh. So <laughs> stores can't do it anymore. It's like I used to work for a drive-in and uh, drive-in restaurant and, and those trays that they put on the windows... They only had those ones that they had. You on roller skates? Can't get, that's what everybody says at first, too. No, I was... A, I, was I went straight to the hot pants. I was a cook. I, did, you have to, did you have to bang on windows when people were making out? It was totally gender segregated. Okay. Although the girls were outside and the boys were inside. That's kind of how it worked. Uh, there was a... You could... I could, I could never be, I could never be a car hop. I know, and I have really great calves. <laughs> that's, that's the sad part. Um... <laughs> So if this doesn't work out, you can always work at a Sonic. Completely, completely. Uh, if you want to write in, you can write to contact at ifanboy.com and uh, give us your questions and we'll, we'll, we'll write back to you eventually or it'll be on one of our shows in, in some way. And we do have one voicemail uh, this week. So uh, Nick has a question about a certain kind of comic book. Uh, 
I love Jonah Hex, and it's like a series of one-shots, and I really enjoy the Hellboy one-shots. Do you know any other series that have uh, just a bunch of one-shots that I could read? Because I love just one-and-done stories, like classic Marvel stuff. So, thanks. Bye. So, that's actually kind of a tough question. Uh, if you really want one-and-done contained stories, there are certain series that tend to cater to that, but in the trade market, with they collect a single story arc, and the story arcs are segregated. So something like Northlanders by Brian Wood, none of those stories connect from trade to trade. They are they so stand far. on their own. So far, yeah. they stand on their own. Um, we talked about Incognito earlier, but Criminal does that yeah. a little bit, yeah. lesser extent. Yeah, yeah that's not, not quite as clean clean cut as uh, Northlanders, but, but you could pick up any trade of criminal and read it and enjoy it and get something out of that. So I would if, say, but if you're ready for trades, if yeah. you're, if you're looking for that, like I want to go in the bathroom and read one story by the time I come out, um, every once in a while, a series will, will do that. And I, I tend to be, that's, this has not be one of the sort of strengths that comic books play to right now. Uh, Paul Dini's detective comics run a few years ago, uh, maybe more than a few. Four or five years ago, the I ones think. with the black and white covers. Yeah, those uh, those those were all one and done. They were really good for that. Um, mm-hmm. Wonderful little little Batman stories that happened in there. Um, you mentioned Hellboy, but there's also over Dark Horses Usagi Yojimbo. And those yeah. are maybe two issues arcs at the most. And um, good, good comics. Yeah, totally. Uh, mm-hmm. Darwin Cook did a Spirit series that was kind of like that. There's only twelve issues. I don't know what the, there's still a Spirit series, but I don't know if it's the right one. Um, and, and Jonah Hex is really the best example that we have of that right now in comics and you're, you're already on that one. So it's kind of, if that's your, like, like I want something as good as Jonah Hex, I have bad news. Well, <laughs> like every once in a while, like, you know, scalped will do it or. Yeah, but they're still played into the main storyline. Like there was that, you know, it, it builds the world. You could totally read them on, on their own, but you know, eh. there's a book called Preacher. <laughs> I read Peacher 49. That was my first issue of that. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on at all. I wouldn't read it for years later. I was like, you people are full of shit. The first, is- the first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one is a one and done. There you go. It's from 1984. You could just yeah. stop there, but why would you want to? Well, it, um, I, just, I can't tell the difference. They don't have colored headbands. <laughs> oh, well, the first issue is not even in color. None of them are. Not through. Tw- I read. I was reading it in issues uh, through like the twenties, and they're all black and white. Well, there you go. Look, I know you're young, but that's how it was back then. They didn't have. So, they didn't have money well, for colored ink. Well, actually, at that point, they probably did, but they still. <laughs> I take it back. They totally had money for colored ink. They had money for Ferraris. <laughs> they had money to start the Zurich Grant, which is still paying people to do comics today. So, what do I know? They they're just keeping it raw. <laughs> So if you want to leave a voicemail, you can call 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Uh, keep it short. Say your name, where you're from, and uh, and let it rip, I say. Uh, let, it, let it rip indeed. Uh, you can find other podcasts. We usually have a Don't Miss podcast that comes out on Monday, but uh, I think that it's been called this week on account of convention. It's like the third convention in 30 days, and, and the staff is stretched thin, basically. Yeah. Ron and Connor are off shooting at WonderCon right now, and... I'm putting together the shows from the ones that we already shot, and it's just there's two. Listen, people, stop griping. Okay, fine. All right, you can. Do they check want out. excuses or do they want podcasts? They're getting something. I know that they're getting something. 
All right, so you can check out ifanboy.com for the Pick of the Week review and more in-depth comic book discussion and all the important news and discussion topics that we decide to throw up on the website. I don't like that we say throw up. Yeah. All of our new writers <laughs> plus Word Balloon. Uh, look at ifanboy.com slash about to see the social network links. I'm up on Facebook again. Good. God Whoa, help me. slow down. Um, this is wrong, this part. This is the part that I messed up. Okay. Uh, the last week was C2E2 part one. Uh, a very special episode of ER. And then this week is C2E2 part two in theory. That's in how theory. I like to, that's how I like to put it. I'll probably finish it. This is the one where the helicopter crashes into the ambulance. <laughs> yeah. Connor, Connor got his arm cut off. No, no, <laughs> he'll never be able to do surgery again. Oh, he was, that was well, when I stopped watching. I was done after that. I, like, I watched the whole thing and I would do it again. It never got bad. The best part about that show is when somebody walks into the hospital and you go, and you can instantly just figure out whether they're going to die or not by the end of the episode. <laughs> Look at this happy couple. They're fucked. <laughs> one time the chick was just allergic to sperm. I remember that one. Oh, the, the more mundane and tiny and insignificant the problem is, the worse their death is going to be. <laughs> the guy who comes in with a chainsaw lodged in his heart, that guy's going to make it. Oh, man. But, that guy's going to die in Hawaii. But the cute little oh, oh my god, dude, that's not funny. I know. Oh, oh. It is funny. Did you see how good looking he was when he showed up in Seattle? And Carol was like, "Oh, I missed you." Anyway, I can't listen to that serial commercial that uses that same song at all ever. <laughs> Mark Green dying. It makes me tear up. I also, won't, I also won't go to war torn Africa. <laughs> that's why. Oh, Ryan, Ryan, this next part's you. I know. Just well, uh, Paul didn't announce what the video show is going to be, unless you. I we just, just talked about that. Totally. You're did. saying it was an error. Oh, we're good. That's, that's I fixed crazy. the error by saying it out loud. Gotcha. Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't, wasn't going to email it to you and then have us record it later. You can email us at contact at. <laughs> the address I would use. <sighs> if you're disappointed that Ron and Connor are not here today you can email your disappointment to contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 188-I-no-188-FANBOYS that's 326-2697 with any questions comments concerns discussion topics etc and if you like this show not this one specifically mind you but as a sort of nice. listen to a couple more is what i'm saying uh no if, if you like the show uh either this show or the video show or the don't miss podcast you can complain about this, the sporadic release of it if, you, if you'd like to. Uh, you, can, you know what? Whenever people ask us, like, how do I podcast? My first thing is, like, be consistent. Do it at the same time every time. And uh, that bites you in the ass. Uh, you, can write, <laughs> you can write a review on iTunes uh, or better yet, just, just tell people about it. Spread word of mouth. Post on Twitter. Post on Facebook. Uh, if they still have message boards anywhere, post on those. Uh, let people know about it. Or if you're in the comic shop and you're like, you know what? I really like the show. I think you should listen to it. If you feel that way, I'm not telling you to lie, uh, but, but spread the word. That, that word of mouth is our best marketing and advertising because uh, it's not a huge budget for that, I'll be honest with you. Um, and, and that would really help. And, and uh, thank you very much. We give out those thing. stickers for a reason. You're supposed this to put them I'm on saying. rocks and throw them through windows or put them on can, yield signs. Yeah, as a geologist, I cannot, there, I, I can't condone defacing rocks as a geologist. Okay. Yeah. Is it really defacing it? Put it Maybe on a hide key rock and then throw it through oh. somebody's window. There you go. Those things. But the key, instead of a key, is a USB drive, and it's got all the F Handboy episodes on it. Wow, that's too, that's too much. That's it for this week's show. I'm Paul. 
I'm Ryan. And I am Josh. I messed that part up with the script, too. I got excited near the end of it. I was like, I'm done. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> these, guys, the, the, these guys are professionals. They'll be able to take it. You did, damn it. You did. Everybody came together as a team, and we made this happen. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, like guys. Ladybugs. I like podcasting. <laughs> <laughs>